What's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? Happy Sunday. Peace, blessings, and opportunities to you all. And um, I hope you're preparing for a great week ahead. New week, new opportunity, new growth, all of that good stuff. So I'm excited. I'm very excited to be able to shift gears and um, really get into my healing bag because the things that I'm about to share with you throughout the rest of this, the rest of these episodes uh, going forward is a lot of the things that I've personally experienced or I've personally have done to help myself heal or I've personally learned. So, as I said, I do not ever speak on anything I haven't personally experienced, learned at all. Because what's the point? I have no business, right? So, one of the main things that we need to get a grip on, especially in the hood, is stress. Stress is killing us. It's killing us physically. It's killing us mentally, emotionally, and it definitely is killing us spiritually. So, you know, a lot of people think like, when you think of stress, they think of, you know, yeah, everybody has stress. No, everybody doesn't have stress. And I'm able to say that because I no longer allow myself to feel the energy of stress. So if there's something that's out of my control, I let it be. If there's something that's not going my way, I flow with it instead of going against the grain. So it's not true. Everybody, it's not normal to live in a state of stress. So one of the biggest, one of the most paramount things I believe in in childhood traumas and and reoccurring and generational traumas is the experience of um, of adverse childhood experiences, ACEs. So having these experiences that go unchecked or go unhealed, of course it's going to carry on and spill into generation after generation after generation. Now, briefly, because a lot of people aren't familiar with ACEs, but according to the CDC, going to throw that out there, An adverse childhood experience are traumatic events that occur during one's childhood between the ages of 0 and 17. So you might wonder what these experiences mean or what these experiences look like. And they can look like violence in your home, whether that was abuse or neglect, witnessing violence in your home, witnessing violence in the community, and aspects relating to the environment of a child. So, other ACEs that are inclusive of, the, of these traumatic experiences include sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, neglect, the loss of a parent at a young age, exposure to a parent or whoever you're living with having mental illness or substance misuse or even domestic violence. So, these are all adverse childhood experiences that I know most of us have gone through. Hell, I know I've gone through some, definitely more than two. So, you know, the more ACEs a child experiences, 
you will in fact shift the life trajectory, which means if you experience trauma after trauma after trauma, you're more likely to take a lower path. You're more likely to drop out of school. You're more likely to get involved with substance abuse. You're more likely to, to end up in, the, in prison. You're more likely to end up in the same cycle that the generation before you was in. You see, ACEs directly affect the physiological stress response, alter the, neuro- the neurological, immune, and hormonal, and cardiovascular systems, which ultimately increases your vulnerability to anxiety and poor mental health in your adulthood. So this is just a a sub of a portion of my thesis that I'm working on. So I wanted to just relay that back because, you know, as I'm focused on this stress topic, this ties back to this. Most of us living in the hood have experienced at least one, if not at least three. So you can see how if you've been tuning in to each episode, how everything is interconnected. So the life trajectory, I remember sitting in a class and um, it was a social class. Um, And the professor was, um, he worked for the Department of Health in Rhode Island. Great class, great man. Um, I learned the most in that class and that's what really shifted my attention to the social world. And I remember, I honestly don't quote me, but I do recall an alarming percentage where it was something as about like if you've experienced three or more adverse childhood events that you're already, I want to say, at a 75% chance lower life expectancy. Don't quote me on the number, but I'm pretty sure that was the number because it was very alarming to me and it stood out to me. So it's like innocent children who are going through this and going through this. And even if it's something that our parents went through, they never got the healing for that. So to be honest with you, a lot of our parents are actually still children inside, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, still a child that needs healing, that is hurting. And I know most of our parents and the older generation, they'll look away and say, no, I'm fine. Or, no, I don't need a heal. I don't need, I don't need that therapy shit, right? But you're, com- you're, you're, you're basing your, your information on an gener- older generation of secrets in and keep it in the family, right? Not this generation. Not us. Because big shout out to even all the moms out there in my generation. You don't have to be the richest mom. You don't have to have it all together. But I do see a lot of you proactively trying to do things differently. And I absolutely applaud you. Whether that's being more engaged in your children's lives. Participating in school. Just doing more things that, that our parents didn't do with us. And it's not to say that it's a problem. It's not to say it's their fault. They did what they could with the with what they had, right? 
Because at the end of the day, we were all children that went through something. Now, there's this book. I personally advise everybody to read it. Every single, if every single person read this book, if every medical provider was taught this, if every scientist understood this and agreed, I promise you this world would be a better place. So there's a book called Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Dispenza. And a bulk of this podcast episode is going to come from his book because this is, this is what helped me understand how to step out of a reality that I was constantly living in. Okay? So, now, this book is life-changing. In the beginning of this book, in the preface, he talks about, you know, how he wanted to write this book for years. Years prior to even writing it. He always had it on his mind. He always knew, you know, that there was more than the physical. He always knew that there was more to life. But you see, other scientists shut him down. So in a moment, you have to read the book to read his story. But in a moment, there was a shift. And he realized that there was a community of scientists that were waiting for his work, waiting for his book, waiting for the data that he was able to put together. So this man, he is a doctor of neuroscience, I believe, epigenetics, and quantum physics. And when I mean to tell you that this doctor is able to give you physical and spiritual in one and put it together for you to understand... He is it. I promise you he is it. So again, that's Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Dispenza. So the the one thing that I see amongst all of us living in the hood, like I said, is the stress, is this constant state of stress. Now, prior to me, getting to the point in my life that I'm at right now, I had to sit there and, and, and calculate how long I've been living in a state of stress. And I've been living in a state of stress for 23 years. Now just imagine somebody who never broke out of that cycle. I can't even imagine being the person that I was and living in that constant loop in my 40s, in my 50s. I can't, not even hell in my 30s. I can't even imagine. So... It's important that we understand this. It's important that we understand energy. Because a lot of times, we're enslaving ourselves. We're enslaving our own mind. We're enslaving our own power. One of the things Dr. Dispenza talks heavily about is the fight or flight response, right? So, we know about the fight or flight response, right? But what we don't know is that most of us living in the hood, our fight or flight response is always on. Because it's survival mode. And we live in a state of survival mode. 
you know, gotta, gotta, gotta get, gotta get money, gotta, gotta get, gotta feed the kids, gotta do all this stuff, right? We live in survival mode. So why do you think, I mean, I know for me back in my days, someone's staring at me, my immediate thought is, if you looking at, right? That's that fight or flight response on, on mode. Living in this constant state of survival, um, survival, excuse me, per Dr. Dispenza, our body starts to become our brain. Our brain goes into autopilot, like autopilot mode. So technically, the body takes control over us, right? And, and energy travels. Energy shifts, right? So if we're living in a constant state of negative emotions, there's negative chemical residue all within our body. So of course, we're stuck in a constant state of doing the same thing. I know I'm not going to be able to ex- really explain this in a way that he does between the, the science and the, and the spirit, but that's why I really recommend Everybody buy the book. So, you know, our personality, a lot of people think, I used to be one of them, that our personality was permanent. It's not. The soul is eternal. The personality is temporary. Your personality can change. However, when we're in survival mode, our personality becomes conditioned. It becomes conditioned to believe we are these people that act in these ways but we're just thinking we're survivors right it's not supposed to be like that so with our survival mode on our immune system is negatively impacted our body uses all of its energy to deal with the threat at hand So if we're constantly living in survival mode, we constantly feel there is a threat, whether we see it consciously or subconsciously. Our body feels it is a threat. So, like, how can I break this down? It's a natural chemical imbalance. Because we grow up in constant cycles of generational trauma, We are creating permanent chemical imbalances in our brain. That's what the fight or flight response being on all the time does. It creates a chemical imbalance. So if you don't have, if you're living in a state of stress and you're not really good in the emotional intelligent area because that's something being in fight or flight mode all the time, we wouldn't be good in, right? We wouldn't understand emotional intelligence because all we know is survival. But what you don't realize is your emotions influence the action, the irrational actions. So this is a chemical imbalance that we created in our brain. And, and it's not our fault. We could, we, could, we could definitely take it back to system stuff, but that's a whole, we ain't going, we ain't going back. We're going forward, right? Only forward. So, for example, he talks about how you can, you know, want a new job, want a new relationship, want to move. Want, you can want change all you want. That's great. 
You want to change? Amazing. But guess what? If you don't fix the chemical imbalance going on in your brain, and if you don't allow your brain to take back control over your body, it is never going to happen. You will get a new job, as he says. You will move. You will get a new relationship, and you'll still find an issue. You'll still find a problem. You still will not be happy because it's chemically imbalanced. Another thing I found interesting that he talked about was how people become addicted to the emotions of stress. And he breaks that down, being that, you know, we have a rush of adrenaline and stress hormones arouse in our brain, right, and body. And it provides that rush of energy. But because we're not, we're not used to being light and having, you know, um, and vibrating high with the emotions of love and gratitude, you know, we're so used to survival emotions, lower vibration emotions, that over time we become addicted to that rush. So what we do is we'll use people, we'll use certain experiences, or we'll, be, we'll use our life circumstance to reaffirm, to reaffirm whatever it is that we feel. Because it's this one's fault, or I grew up this way, or this is, my, this is why this is happening to me because of this. It doesn't matter. All that matters is if you want change, you got to be the one to change it. So let's talk about the nervous system really quickly because I was mind blown when I learned all of this stuff. Our nervous system is literally our body's like powerhouse, first of all. We have all kind of codes in our body that we are able to heal ourselves. However, because we're always in survival mode, and as I said, it negatively impacts the immune system. What do you think it does to our nervous system? So we talk about genetic expressions in genes, right? I mentioned that in a couple of episodes about how 10% of our health is impacted through genetics. Only 10%. So what that means is that relates to the gene expression. If you're somebody that is living a healthy lifestyle and diabetes runs in your family, and you're, you're continuing to express healthy genes, you will not get diabetes, even if it runs in your family. If you are somebody that is, has poor eating habits, drinks a lot of alcohol, has no physical activity, you're not, your genes aren't expressing healthily. So what that does is it creates a negative expression. And over time, the vitality of that gene is compromised, which, yes, you will get diabetes. So you can see how just living in a constant state of stress already puts us at a disadvantage. It's killing us. Because we don't even realize that we can't even heal ourselves because we're stressed out. Now... One of, the, one of the best, like, best, best, best things that I learned from Dr. D was about our body's natural flu shot. Dr. Dispenza talks about, you know, um, a certain protein that we have that regulates the immune system. 
called the immunoglobulin A, IgA protein. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but the IgA protein. So when you're constantly living in a state of stress, as I said, you're negatively impacting your immune system, which means that your genes and your proteins probably aren't expressing healthily. So what happens is the IgA protein is compromised over time, which makes you even more susceptible to being sick. So interestingly enough, when I learned this, I started incorporating it into my meditation. Personally, all year, I was saying, you know, thanking my cells, thanking my body, thanking my organs. And, you know, I would be specific and say, thank you to my immune system and my IgA protein for keeping me free of illness, free of COVID, free of sexual disease, free of any disease. Your body hears you. Talk to it. And there's been plenty of times throughout the year that I was around people that were positive with COVID. And guess who wasn't? Ever. Me. Because, and this isn't something to brag about. This is because my genes are expressing healthily. My immune system is A1. I don't live in a state of stress anymore. I've allowed my brain to come out of autopilot and take over. So I definitely just want to talk about the workshop that they did. Um, and he, it's in his book. It's right in his book. And it was in Tacoma, Washington in 2016. And he wanted to see, um, to study the effect on high vibrational emotions, on immune function. So high vibrational emotions would be like gratitude, love, um, just... I can't even think of any right now. I'm just like brain, my brain just froze. But like being grateful and, and, and loving and open and positive, like these are all high vibrations. Low vibrations include negativity, jealousy, envy, greed, manipulation, control. Those are lower level vibrations. So as I said, they wanted to look at the effect of elevated emotions on the immune function. So what they did was they had people, um, they had people come, obviously, and they took samples of their saliva. So they measured this IgA protein for the immune system. When activated cortisol levels are lower, your IgA protein is going to be your best, your body's best friend in aiding in, in health. But more often than not, stress levels are high, especially in the hood. Always worrying about something. Always trying to be in control over things. What I like to tell people is, all anxiety is, is an energy created by trying to be in control of what we can't control. And depression is an energy of living in a state of the past. We all have a baseline of anxiety and depression. But it all comes down to what can we do to adjust this chemical imbalance? I don't want to manage it. 
I don't want to manage this and think I have to live with anxiety for the rest of my life. Absolutely not. So back to the study, excuse me. I kind of get off track, but... In the study, they had the um, participants meditate, right, for about, I believe, 10 minutes. And they encouraged them to move into elevated emotions. Like I said, love, gratitude, joy. And what they saw was that the average IgA protein level shot up by 49.5%. Almost 50% in just a 10-minute meditation. Per Dr. Dispenza, the normal range for this IgA protein would be 37 to 87 milligrams. I think there was more numbers to that, but I'm not sure. Either way, per deciliter. But some of the people measured more than 100. And they saw a 16.25% decrease in cortisol levels. Just from a 10-minute meditation and moving into a state of elevation of love, gratitude, joy. So that brings me to, very briefly, about the chakra system. A chakra is a, is a, is a space in the body where flesh and energy meet, right? That's what chakras are. These are real things. Our chakras are controlled by the automatic nervous system. So if our automatic nervous system isn't the strongest, we can definitely fix that. I promise you we can fix that. I'm going to get into chakras throughout this series. I'm going to get into all of this. But I just want to leave you with one thing. Trauma is stored in the lower three chakras. Your root chakra your sacral chakra, and your solar plexus. Trauma is stored there. So if we can't learn to heal from our trauma, we will never be able to allow energy to continue to rise through our heart, through our throat to be able to communicate, through our third eye. Because as I said, lower level vibrations, you can't get to the higher ones if you're focused on the lower ones. It's going to be very hard for you to open your third eye. It's going to be very hard for you to open your heart. It's going to be very hard for you to communicate freely if you lack trust, if you have a lot of trauma from lacking trust, if you have been taken advantage of, if you have been used, abused, mistreated, whatever it may be, all of these traumas, they're preventing us from being great. And... I know some people might say, oh, conspiracy theorists, whatever. Cool, but guess what? All them conspiracy theories are coming true right now. What if the government knew about this? I mean, I believe they do. I believe the top percent of the people in the world understand control through trauma, hence why there's an increase in mental illness, hence why everything systemically is related. And this is why I say freedom is a must. Spiritually free, physically free, mentally free, emotionally free. No longer managing. It's time to take health into our own hands. And next week, I definitely have a very, very, very special episode with a very special friend who decided to start meditating with me on her chakras and no longer has epilepsy. Yes. 
So, as always, I hope you continue to spin the block with me as we go from hood health to good health. Peace, blessings, opportunities, y'all.